Welcome to Coffee House. This is the best and worst of 2021. We read a lot of books. We explored a lot of ideas. Obviously, we are trying to build a complete understanding of all existence. Because I curate all the books, it's relatively rare that I'll run into absolute trash. And it was legitimately difficult to pick just five of the best for the year, but here we are. And just so you're aware, I actually finished the book that I've been working on, The uh, Coffee House Presents Aspiring Authors. So it's much like the other one, except I'm, I'm changing the branding a little bit. Uh, this time it has everything you'd expect from uh, random aspiring authors. So if you want to throw some words out and brainstorm just a little bit about what just the average person might throw into their first novel, then all those things are going to stick to the wall and you're going to see those. It was an absolute joy. It was hilarious to me. I love all the authors who contributed to this this particular thing. And I hope you'll take a look at it once it comes out, which will be in January. But otherwise, let's get on with it. Now, there's no particular structure to this. We're just going to go through the best five, talk about some honorable mentions so I can stretch it out beyond five, and then talk about the worst books of the year. But the best five books, so one that we read very early on was Apocalypse Never by Michael Schellenberger. And that was one of the best because it exposed kind of the various interests in environmentalism that are really important that include many of the major polluter companies who fund many of the major environmentalists. So they get away with a whole bunch of ideological talk without actually doing anything in particular. And it detailed the problems with green tech, the costs and inefficiency, the idea of the carbon density of the particular fuel source. And one of the biggest, biggest ideas that came out of that one was about how third world countries are being expected to not use fuel sources that were used by the major countries when they were developing. So things like coal and natural gas and all those sorts of things that make it much easier, that are less costly and more efficient to be able to use when you're developing. But much of the, the Western world now is demanding that all of these third world, world countries who are trying to go through the same process use more green technologies, so have hydroelectric dams and wind turbines that aren't going to be able to power a fraction of what they actually need to be able to develop. And a cynic would say that this is on purpose to try to hamper their development, but it could be genuine, but still have the extremely negative effect of hamstringing all of those developing nations. And, of course, most importantly, this book talks about the fear-mongering in the midst of pretend certainty. When you see that, some ideologues on one side who are pretending to be absolutely certain about some question that is obviously complex, then you know they're fear-mongering, you know they're going to ask you for money, or power, or both, most likely both. So the author himself sells nuclear pretty hard, so there could be some kind of interest in that. But he's at least pushing back against the incessant apocalypse talk and the complete lack of legitimately offered solutions when it comes to anything related to the climate. That's one thing that's always been astounding to me, is how much screaming there is on one side of the ledger and how little they actually try to contribute to legitimate solutions on the other side. So anyway, that's that's number five. So we're doing it in reverse order. So that's number five favorite book from this past year, 2021. And next we have the number four, The Anti-Mary Exposed by Dr. Carrie Gress. This one is uh, deep-seated in religious thinking and argument, but it really explores the most important topic that is currently facing our civilization. Our biological evolutionary inclinations versus our modern rationalizing about who we actually are. There's a fundamental conflict that we're dealing with right now and trying to figure this thing out. 
like I said, it's heavy on religion, but it explores the, the different archetypes of what women are and what they should be, at least according to the author. And it exposes the movement, the current movement, that is against the bond between women and their children, which is something that is has roots all the way back in the 60s. It's manifested itself in a million ways in the culture. And I just saw a statistic related to this. And of course, everybody remember that statistics are representations of reality as opposed to some direct access to reality, especially when they're based on a single variable. But still, having said that, currently childless women over the age of 40 are the most depressed by a a large, large margin, are the most depressed in our polity in the Western world. And this is despite being much more economically prosperous than they ever were in history. Much more likely to have been educated, gone to college. They're the most depressed amongst the people in the country. So it's a very dire, interesting question to look at. And the anti-marriage exposed, like I said, it's, it's heavy on the religion. And it talks about kind of the archetypes of what women are and what they should be. And uses Mary herself as an archetype of what they should be. But it, it really addresses this question, looks into it. It has a lot of good ideas related to it. And I just found it enjoyable and important at this particular nexus. Number three. So number three was 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Everybody knows what this is, who this is. It has some of the most useful and important ideas that everyone needs to heed at this point in history. It's part philosophical and psychological rumination. It's part self-help. Peterson is just one of the few intellectuals worth listening to on virtually any topic. So get out there, clean your room, uh, listen to his podcast. I've been listening to again. I already listened to him at some point. I'm listening to them again, his lectures on the psychological significance of the biblical stories. And so much insight, deep wisdom insight in those things. And it's just absolutely worth it. We still haven't read his new book yet. We're going to do that for the new year. But this one in particular, 12 Rules for Life, has has just so much, so rich we had two parts and a couple discussions on it, I think, but it's it's definitely worth worth a read. Next, number, what are we on? Two. Number two. So this is number two. Penultimate. We are on the penultimate. This is Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. And Taleb was one that we ran into. I can't remember the first book that we read of his, but, oh, Anti-Fragile, I think was it. And it was just, yeah, blew my hair back. I mean, the guy is an extremely important thinker and arguer and writer for our current moment and likely for many moments thereafter. But his Fooled by Randomness is kind of an embodiment of muscular humility which might be the most important thing that we can engender in the population right now. It points out all the ways that we humans are pathetically limited in our cognition and abilities. And like I said, it is just the most important thing the human race needs to learn. However, being reasonable can be a disadvantage in the midst of insanity. So there's a complexity, a complex fold that we all have to deal with. But Taleb, for his part, uh, it's a really interesting book and it's a really interesting idea. Like I said, it's got this new framing of a kind of muscular humility that will be will come up as we go forward into 2022. Then my favorite book, my very favorite book of the year that we read was Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Of course, these aren't books that were published in 2021. These are books that we happen to read as part of the podcast in 2021. But Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman was definitely my favorite book of the year. It's just lovingly crafted. It explores the Norse myths involving all of our favorite gods and goddesses. You know, it's got Thor and Loki and Odin and Freya and Hel. There's the tree, the tree of life, Yggdrasil, and that little a-hole squirrel who runs around. <laughs> He's supposed to be taking messages between people, but he lies about what the other person said. 
just because he finds it funny. Amazing. I mean, the best character <laughs> of all the years. What an amazing squirrel. It's got fantastic humor. It's, it's hilarious all the way through. It's extremely well and clearly written by the author, Neil Gaiman. The stories are surprising. You know, they're not things that you would generally expect to happen in these kinds of situations. I mean, you start to understand what the characters are and how the characters are going to act in different situations, but you really are surprised just left and right. You know, it's not like in some other mythology you can see, okay, well, here's this archetype, here's that archetype, and it gets a little dry in the way that they interact with each other. You know, it's just power struggles or whatever, but there's so much more to the Norse mythology. It's got some of my favorite mythology of all time. I mean, the children of Loki, Fenrir, Jormungandr, and Hel, and how they all interact and interact with the gods, and the various stories involving Thor, and finally Ragnarok at the end, and how cool that is. <laughs> and Thor cross-dresses. I mean, Jesus. It's so imaginative. It's so much fun. I just, I can't stop thinking about it. I think about it on a regular basis. Just an excellent, excellent book. Definitely be reading it again. So honorable mentions, just so I can drag this out a little bit longer, <laughs> we have The 30 Tyrants, which wasn't a book, it was an article, and I can't, I didn't write who wrote this, I can't remember, but it's about China and how China has insinuated itself into our major institutions, especially our educational institutions, by giving money to, to places like Harvard and the like, and how much of an impact that has on us culturally. The 30 Tyrants, it's an extremely important article, probably the most important article I read all year. So definitely check out the episode related to that or uh, read it yourself. And I think it's going to be just a tradition. Every Thomas Soul book, anytime we read a Thomas Soul book during the year, it gets at least an honorable mention. This time we read Discrimination and Disparities, you know, one of the most important books that anybody could read. I just feel like Thomas Soul is his own category, so I don't I don't really want to limit him by putting him in one of the numbered positions. So Discriminations and Disparities, uh, definitely read that book for sure. Along with his uh, Basic Economics, that's very, very, very important book. Every single high school student should read that book. But Discrimination and Disparities talks about the fallacy of believing that just because there's uh, disparity means there must be discrimination. Uh, so very, very important. Uh, the other one I want to mention was The Parasitic Mind by Gad Saad, where he discusses uh, big ideas that are going to be the basis for a lot of what we do going forward. The nomological networks of cumulative evidence, how we have bigger, better standards for trying to determine what's true when we have complex systems and complex questions. Uh, epistemological dichotomania. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, something with fewer syllables. I think it was in Jonathan Haidt's book or something like that that deals with how people tend to dichotomize everything, just think everything is one or the other. That's something that humans are really good at doing. But this, uh, the stuff that he talks about in The Parasitic Mind is just a really excellent jumping-off point for a new standard of evidence and argument. So we're going to expand on that as we go into 2022. Okay, worst books. I was not a fan of Divided We Fall. It's not the worst book, but it was not great. Divided We Fall. It was by a squishy Republican who was kind of using baby talk to talk to Democrats. It had little actual value and it was kind of an annoying book. But the one that I absolutely hated, despised, and should be banished into the depths was Hate Inc. by Matt Taibbi. He is an author who works for some magazine. Hate Inc. was disingenuous and childish trash. It pretended to apologize as a journalist for their conduct during the Trump election in 2016. But instead, like an abusive husband, it blames Trump and Fox News for causing the media to be bad. It does this over and over and over again throughout the book. 
It's a vacuous accounting that isn't made up for by the honesty about WMDs and the Mueller investigation. It's a perfect example of how to use rhetorical sophistry to rationalize about yourself and your industry. There was so much, so much bad, just every ounce of framing and the way that he made such a, just a ridiculously childish effort to be as partisan as humanly possible in the midst of a completely empty mea culpa. It was, it was really annoying and it was definitely the worst thing that we read in 2021. So... That was Coffeehouse. That was the wrap-up for this year, for 2021. This will probably be going up tomorrow. And then we're going to have a whole lot coming up after that. So we've got some biographies coming up. I finished a biography on Elon Musk and one on Steve Jobs, and I'm going to begin one on Einstein. But we are going to finish the Oresteia in the midst of that so we can move along on the fiction front. And then we have another one by uh, Theodore Dalrymple, I think was coming up, that we'll do. I'm going to try to knock these out a little faster here, and hopefully we'll do a book and a discussion every week for that book. And that way we can just, it'll just be cleaner that way. Uh, there are some movies that came out recently <laughs> that I actually would like to talk about. So we are going to knock those out at some point. It'll probably just do one episode for all the movies, you know, that are out here. I'm going to see one tonight. That might be relevant, but might not be. Of course, I'm I'm interested more in kind of the bigger ideas related to the movies. Although I did talk about Dune, just to talk about how much I liked it and how cool it was. <laughs> but mostly, I want to talk about bigger ideas related to movies that are cultural, psychological, or whatever. So that'll be that. And like I said, uh, the new book is going to be coming out, and hopefully, you will have a look at that. And then we're going to be doing some kind of bigger stuff related to some newer technologies and hopefully be able to uh, open it up a little bit more. So anyway, I hope I hope you had a good holiday. Hope you have a good new year. And I will see you on the other side. 2022 is going to be one hell of a year. Promise you that. So have a good one. All right. Bye. (laughs) 